And uh, Ali, we've got, got a special guest. I tried to look like him. Uh, I'm not as cool, and I'm not. Uh, I don't have. I'm not shaved like he is. But uh, uh, yeah, no, we're good. Ali, how are you today? I am awesome, and even more awesome with that Kenny's here. Like you know, Kenny and I go back a long way. Like he's a good buddy. I mean, Kenny, how long we probably know each other? It's got to be 15 years at least, right? I think about 10. How, when did you open your school? Uh, 2008. So definitely 12 to 15 years, somewhere in there. Yeah, isn't that cool? It, time flies just too too much. We we all spent time together, right? Didn't we? And it was back about what, like six years ago? Like wh- where were we at? Weren't we in Michigan? Well, That's right. we did Michigan. Yeah, is that where I met you first? Was it was it Michigan that I met you first? Kent? No, I met you out at uh, um, Atlantic City first, didn't I? Oh, that's right. Yeah, when we were filming parts of that reality TV show. Yeah, we were on um, <clears throat> the East Coast, and then we we followed up in Michigan. Right. That, that I remember, but that goes back a long way. It's amazing. It's just amazing how time flies. It's crazy, right? Can you imagine that we've been in this quarantine situation since, like, for some of us, since March 1st, so first week in March? You know, it's already, like, the middle of May. It's just insanity. Time goes by too quick. Well, l- listen, I, we wanted to invite Kenny on because uh, Kenny owns a uh, uh, Muay Thai slash Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu studio. Um, and if I'm not doing it justice, please clarify it for me. Um, and, and maybe it's more Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu than it is Muay Thai, or maybe it's 50-50. But I know that a lot of um, school owners were talking about being able to do, you know, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or grappling virtually um they were saying it's virtually impossible and uh, and so yeah. you come up with a way to uh, make it a lot easier and um, i'd like to talk about that way but you also did a a video that went super viral uh, uh your bjj buddy video and uh i'd like to kind of start everything off by by playing this video so that everybody can see it and then we can kind of get into talking about you know, Stop. what you're doing, how you're doing it to hopefully help out the industry. But before I play the video, um, did I get it right? You're like maybe 50-50 or, or what? Sure. Yeah, that's a great description of it. You did a great justice. Okay. Yeah, all right. So let me. Although one second, too. I mean, also, Kenny, you do kind of M- you, MMA as well. So you're like a striking striking group. So you're, you're a, you know, amalgamation of all of those different things, Muay Thai, MMA, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, stand-up fighting. I mean, you pretty much have it all, I mean, in the system that you teach, correct? We do Filipino martial arts, um, blade, stick, and also we do uh, tactical training and things like that. So the yeah. whole uh, spectrum we, we go yeah. through. Yeah, you're also a uh, trainer that does tactical firearms and tactical hand-to-hand as well. You travel around the country, or you used to, uh, up until now, you were traveling the, the country or the world teaching tactical firearms training as well, being, you know, the line of work that you, you know, once were in, being in the military. Yep, definitely, yep. no doubt. Very cool. So, Dwayne, you want to show the video? Because the video is absolutely hysterical and awesome. <laughs> I, I just I just loved it. So, yeah, just let's yeah, play let me, it. Yeah, let me, uh, let me put it in here. Here we go. There's a, I just want to say there's a slight intro there, as you can see, before it starts. You know, build your uh, BJJ buddy. Um, but uh, now it's going to go ahead and start, and you guys can hear it. 
Yo, it's cracking. Stay tuned to the Yo, end. Yo, it's cracking. Crackin'. Stay tuned to the end for some fun. Bro, seriously. Seriously. I got like we got all day. I got places to go, man. Let's go. Put it in gear. What's right, squad? What does uh, jitsu and pillows have in common? Well, they'll both put you to sleep. But today, we're going to build your BJJ buddy. Let's get started. Short, simple, and quick. Things you'll need. You'll need your key, top and bottom, okay? You'll need two hoodies. You'll need uh, several pillows. And you'll need four towels. So without further ado, let's rock and roll. Right? So the first thing you're gonna do is lay out a towel. Two of them, you can do three. It's all up to you, it's your work. I'm going to uh, lay those down like this here. We're simply gonna roll it up. We'll do that twice. Right along to the legs. Right along to the legs. Take that other roll that you made. 
think there Allie? I mean I thought it was awesome. I, I loved it. I actually I actually watched it and shared it um on uh, all my pages and sent it to my my guy who uh Reggie Ryan who actually teaches for me with uh with me in the dojo and I said hey we should make it into a project so everybody makes them because right now to be honest we're teaching a lot of the grappling drills and at that point we'll say hey go get your go get your stuffed animals or pillow cushions or whatever you have, you know, and they're out doing it. We have a cute video of a kid grappling this massive teddy bear where he's like top mount to side mount transition into arm bar. So this is so good. I, I just love, I love it, Kenny. Great video. You did a great job. It's fun. Um, and it really teaches people, you know, what, what they could be doing, you know, gives them that, you know, that, uh, you know, the, there's no limitations. What's the uh, feedback, Kenny, that you've been giving? getting on this video and then let's talk about how you know uh you're actually implementing this okay yeah what was the first part of the uh your idea or question again well the feedback on the video right what's the feedback? oh definitely i literally had uh i did it because uh <clears throat> obviously people didn't have resources or couldn't buy the expensive grappling dummies and i literally had uh people from different parts of the the country pennsylvania atlanta they're like, how'd you come up with that in other BJJ schools? And it, it was really the accumulation of the BJJ community, a bunch of different ideas conglomerated and uh, to, to really help to uh, substantiate training during these, these challenging times. So, and that's kind of what jujitsu is or martial arts is. We build upon the ideas of each other to, to make a greater outcome. So people all over the nation were hitting me up um, different uh, 
industry leaders were hitting me up asking if they could share the video. And uh, that was the response that we got all over. And kids are building their BJJ buddy and they're coming in and they're putting like smiley faces on it and emoji faces. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's fun. So Awesome. So uh, there's still limitations without having a human being, but um, because of this, you know, BJJ buddy uh, and your abilities, um, can you explain or and or, and or maybe demonstrate if 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 it's it's appropriate, you know, what you're doing, how you're doing it, um, in order to keep people engaged in the virtual with your with your Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Well, can I, can I, before you answer, Ken, let me ask the, add a little bit onto that question. We might make it easier for you. You're like, for, so what do you find you're coming across with the BJJ community with limitations, right? You know, people think, hey, listen, I'm shut down. I do BJJ. It's a contact sport. We touch each other. We grapple. And, you know, we can't do that anymore. We're not in the same room. How do we do it? Um, but you're, I've watched your videos and, and we're doing the same thing with drilling and all of that. So what are your, what's your change in mentality? How did you, how did you immediately adapt? I think uh, that's a great question, Ali, from, from both you and Dwayne. One of the, the main things is that um, <clears throat> people are trying to teach specific techniques versus teaching conceptually. Um, and concepts are, are a lot easier to translate, especially when you can do a lot of highly detailed technique. Now the trick of it is you can actually get a lot of um, uh, detail in the output or the outcome from your teammates or your students when you show them a concept. Now, one of the major concepts in jujitsu that everybody says um, around the globe is position uh, before submission. Well, here's a concept that I say that, that a colloquialism that kind of came about is that you, you don't just wake up in a position. You have to arrive there. So the way that you arrive there is uh, through transition. So what, what I like to say for our teammates, the concept is transition position submission. So yeah. in the BJJ schools, you, you end up with a position and then you work this, uh, you have to have control for the position in order to get the submission. Now, but none of that occurs without a transition. So what do we define as transitions? Anything that determines where the fight takes place. So for instance, we'll do four major transitions, takedowns, sweeps, passes, and escapes. So the whole point is that the rest of jujitsu uh, positions and submissions do not happen unless you transition. So the whole game is based upon the, tra the, the premise of transition. If you, most fights start on the feet, unless somebody's crawling up to you in a sniper position asking you for your money, that'd be kind of odd or peculiar, right? So they start on the feet. The takedown determines where the fight takes place. From there, if I'm passing the guard, um, that determines that I can get to side control or mount, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if I'm sweeping, that determines if I'm on the bottom, now I'm on the top and mounted side control, et cetera, et cetera. So if you really want to build your game as good as possible, as fast as possible, you really need to focus on transitions because the rest of the game doesn't happen. Now, why do I point that out? Why do we point that out? Because during this time period, you can work transitions without a partner 
with just equipment or nothing at all. The rest of your game literally doesn't matter what level you are from white belt to black belt to a core belt. The whole game does not happen unless you work transitions. and You're able to do that um, with just equipment, uh, like we said, um, at at the most uh, fundamental level. That's what we really can be working on is the conceptual transitions that allow jujitsu to happen. And that's what makes you great at jujitsu. You know, you know, it's interesting. Um, everything you said is just so, so important, but I think most people miss out on that. Like, for example, I had a conversation with a parent last night and they were saying the virtual training is not quite the same. You know, they were negotiating with me on price because they felt like it was valued at X amount of dollars when the, when live training is valued at this amount of dollars. And I, I said to them, my students, honestly, the ones that are training are getting better at their technique, like you just said, because during a rolling class, when you're live and you show a move, there's so many other factors that will play against the actual technique, right? A person fights it, they move a certain way, whatever the case may be, and you can't get to the core of the movement. So with this type of virtual training and the way you're doing it, you could really work on the fundamentals so that they get super good at them. So now when they come back to the school, they're going to be that much better because they're going to actually have those fundamentals, fundamentals from the start. Right. That that's a brilliant assessment. And, and Dwayne, you had uh, pointed out, uh, Ali, you had, um, <clears throat> like you said, you're building on the fundamentals. Well, Dwayne, you asked, why does this really work? Uh, comprehensively like that. Uh, Visualize for a moment doing math. So if you do uh, addition and subtraction before you do multiplication, uh, the the answer doesn't come out correct. If you do things outside the quotes in math, um, before you do what's inside the quotes, you're doing, you have the same numbers, you have the same uh, fundamental things, but you don't get the same answer. You get the wrong answer. So with jujitsu, if you're just focusing on submission techniques and things like that, you're going to get the wrong answer. What do I mean? Because you can't get that unless you do the order of operations of transitions first. So actually, the, the, the team right now is focusing on the fundamental operation that really escalates your jujitsu, and they're focused on it. And on, by focusing on that, they're going to empower and and. Uh, expedite their game and that's this time period actually it's like getting an injury in jiu-jitsu um you you actually say i can't do one technique or i can't do a series of techniques it makes me focus on another series of techniques i may never have focused on so by focusing on that by that doing that proper order of operations you can really um take your jiu-jitsu to the next level yeah i like that taking it to the next level thing that's a good thing Hey, hey, one other thing, Kenny, I think that, you know, so this is an interesting time, right? Like, so, yes, we're forced into isolation. We're forced to do a quarantine. We're forced to teach a different way that we've never taught before. But if people were as much and open-minded enough to understand it, they're actually going to become better martial artists because of it, right? Not only will the students become better, but us as teachers, because we're actually 
we're analyzing what the foundational qualities are, the sequences of how things should be done. Like you said, we have the same saying, you know, we say, um, you know, transition, uh, you know, position, transition, submission is part of it. Maybe we even got that saying from you when you came out and hung and taught at my school. Um, but we, we've been saying that for years now. So so for you, what are you seeing? Like, do you, are your students resistant to doing the online classes or are they doing them and going, wow, this is the greatest thing. I love it. I'm learning more. What, what are you finding by, by teaching? That's a brilliant question. Uh, I literally was uh, working with somebody else that was an outside uh, school owner. And he's like, we just did not choose to do jujitsu. You just can't do it. Not right. And I was like, that's totally the opposite of the experience we're having. Um, right. The experience we're having is that the team is super excited. One, you can do sports-specific conditioning because you're drilling these transitions over and over and over. And then you, it's actually exhausting. They're getting a great workout. And I'm showing them the details of the capacity to do these passes, to move from position to position. And you actually have a plethora and endless capacity to, to work um, joining your game and making it fluent. So they've actually been really excited and blown away about how much jujitsu you can actually practice um, and stay conditioned uh, without a partner at all. You know, that, that's amazing. I, I've had conversations in the last three or four days with guys that are kickboxing schools, boxing schools. And the minute this happened, they literally shut down. They were done. They're like, we can't do this. Like, how am I going to? What am I going to teach? I'm like, well, why couldn't you do a one-two punch combination? It's just like I'm holding up pads. I could literally do this in front of the camera and you could throw a jab at me. You know, like if we don't have to always physically touch each other. So, I mean, what you're doing is great. I think it's genius. I'm glad you're out there doing it as a BJJ guy and, and showing people that this is possible. So, Dwayne, did you have some other additional questions on stuff? Yeah, I, I, I'm glad that we have you on because Allie and I have – talk to schools like he said that because of the grappling piece they have just shut down and hopefully this gives them the i don't know the guts to go all right you know this is i can do this and i don't know about you um i i i uh, i launched back in march i launched a couple of things that i shouldn't have done but but I did and I screwed up and I made mistakes. And now I'm in a position, a lot better position because I went headlong and just did it and made some mistakes. Um, even though I was, I was, I, I was fearful, but I, I was more fearful of, of my business closing as opposed to, yeah, as opposed to making mistakes. My question with all of that is one, I want to encourage everybody to go out there and just make the mistakes. But two, with, um, you know, the virtual BJJ, what mistakes have you found that you've made that you, you know, obviously course corrected uh, quickly in order to make the experience better for your, uh, your team? Dwayne, that's a great question. Um, <clears throat> actually, everything really literally went pretty smoothly because that's how we teach already. So it's actually really uh, pretty smooth. Um, one of the things that we did improve upon uh, was being able to go around and spotlight the members and then, and then showcase the, the skill set and then go around to each one so everybody can actually be a, a joined part of that group. 
so that they can really see the detail and I can go through. It's like a small uh, personal training within the group session. And I'll say, no, place your hand here to get this detail. And one of the things that I improved upon, actually, that's a great point that you make, was is I'll have another instructor come in and I'll show them the application of it while they're doing it um, with just a ball or their BJJ buddy. So say they have none of that and they're just on the ground doing it literally with nothing. So I'll show the application so that they understand what they're building into their neurophysiology, their muscle memory, so they really have a comprehension of the concept and of the transition. One of the hugest mistakes I made was uh, both my instructor and I wearing a bl black geese, the same color geese. You need a contrast so that they can really see the technique say a blue gi, a white gi and a black gi, a blue gi and a black gi. If you wear the same gi, it's hard to really see the details and things like that. So um, those were two major things that, that we did to adjust to really enhance the experience so we could really get in detail and they, the, the students could comprehend detail and see detail um, through that experience. And I like that you're spotlighting individuals um, because don't we do that in class anyways? where we go, hey, guys, take a look at what so-and-so is doing. And then you work it through and, and correct or not correct or just praise, whatever it is. And then other students can see it, the corrections and go, oh, make sure that I'm not doing that too. But then also everybody is getting to feel a part, like you said, of a classroom, even though it's on their screen, uh, yeah. they're getting the recognition. So I, I, that, that's, that's a great point. And uh, I have not been doing that up until this point. Now I'm going to switch that because what I'm doing is I'm just recording us because I'm taking these recordings and putting them on our app on demand. So if you're not yeah. able to make the test, you can just do the app uh, and then, you know, uh, message me through the app and let me know that you did the class. But I think there's a piece missing uh, now that you say that. Absolutely. I mean, I, I've been doing the same thing, Ken, highlighting. And highlighting is such an important part of the live experience. Like, for example, um, before this all happened, during the holidays, we got the Peloton bike, right? And the classes are, you know, you have a camera a screen in front of you and you have the instructor, but behind them, there's a bunch of other people participating live, but they're literally with you every step of the way. So they're coaching you through it. Like, you know, okay, we have, you know, 10 more seconds of doing this drill, ready? 10, nine, eight. And they make it a very live experience. And we, we do the same where we'll highlight, okay, let me watch you, Johnny, you do it. Show. And those kids or that student, adult or kid, they're being with like, wow, I'm on the screen right now, right? Like, oh my God, I can't believe they're highlighting me. So it, it is a live interaction. I have some friends that are just doing videos on YouTube and just demonstrating movements, the most boring way you could present technique <laughs> ever um, because there's no interaction. So people would, could pause it, walk away, watch a little TV. This way you're in the class and, and do you hold people accountable? Like I have people where we're going, hey, you're being lazy right now. You better step it up. You better, you better, you know, get off the couch to some of the kids, you know, what are you doing getting a drink right now? You know, like that kind of thing. Um, so it, there is a great part of that, Dwayne, you should definitely check that out because it adds so much, so much energy to the classroom. That's a brilliant point. One of the things, especially with jujitsu, stand-up's pretty easy. There's a lot of interaction, a lot of explosive energy. Um, and when you move around the room and, and spotlight them or highlight them, uh, like Ali said, one of the things that it does is they know they're up next, so they stay mentally engaged. And we yeah. say the whole team's watching. Um, another thing we do is we'll have like competitions, especially in jujitsu. You have to keep 
them mentally engaged because it is such a technical, conceptual um, concept. And sometimes people mentally don't have the reward of that explosive uh, transaction, even if they're just doing it in the air. So what we'll do is say, we'll see who can do as many of these techniques in this time period. And we'll go around the room and then um, we'll give you 10 seconds. How many of these reps can you do, et cetera? Yeah. So uh, what that allows to happen is all the, the, the teammates stay engaged and they also go, wow, I'm up next. And it, it, it develops an excitement and an energy and an engagement that really um, has them focus and keeps them accountable, just like you suggested, Ali, to doing it correctly. So you have yeah. to do this as fast as possible as you can do it correctly. So it, it hones in on attention to detail and keeps um, the, the teammates engaged. Now, we're doing all the way straight jujitsu from the, the five to eight-year-olds and the eight to 13-year-olds, et cetera, and then adults. So it's working all the way across the board. Right. Hey, join if I now are you are you having that all in class? Like, do you are you are you breaking it up belt levels? Like, how how did you organize that in order to make sure that you know they're getting the best experience? And and obviously for you, uh, the ability to be able to teach not that you can't teach at different levels, but you know teach more systematically and and uh, more organized. That's a that's actually a brilliant question. Um, what's brilliant about that question is. Concepts. So what is a concept? In jiu-jitsu, concepts are leverages, physics, and mindset principles. So leverages and physics are no respecter of rank. If I apply a certain leverage, okay, it doesn't matter if you're a black belt or you're a white belt. The outcome is the same. So literally, we're getting them to the, 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 the youth to do black belt stuff. I can teach the same lesson across the board. So I can do a pass and I, um, I think I have my, my device set up where you can actually see me, and I'll show you in a second, where we're, they're doing like high-level passes that will be extremely ac- applicable when they come back to class and interact. Um, and they're doing it. A lot of the techniques are, are very high-level, purple belt and black belt, which is uh, six to, to ten years in the game. And we're doing the same lesson across the board, and the, the youth from five – to, to seven are doing the same thing the adults are doing. Hey, I have a, I have a question, Kenny, and this kind of might be a little controversial, but, um, but I'm sure that people in the BJJ community and grappling community will appreciate it. So in, in BJJ, you could, you could be a purple belt and it takes you four or five years, right. Um, to become that level. It's kind of what I call the long game, right. You know, where you're rolling around, figure out these little nuances until you kind of, create master mastership level in certain skill set right however i find me personally when teaching these techniques and doing it that way that it takes twice as long when you don't dig into the foundational qualities and the techniques right so what i mean by that is we're rolling on the ground a lot of things may may deter me from learning the actual move properly because there's so many factors a person blocks your move or they they stiffen an arm or they move a certain way and then you never get to practice that basic movement that way right so do you find that the the long game is because we roll so much we take so much time to practice live rondori or whatever if we buckle down to more of the basic movements do you feel that people will improve quicker do you feel like if we're working on the specifics more that will be they'll get better 
Yeah, I think that uh, when you when you take those specifics, Ali, and complementing what you're saying and break that down to a concept. So here's what I like to say. Um, so a technique would be doing something very specific to a very specific action. And what they say in the tactical world is that no plan survives first contact with the enemy, right? So essentially a technique is for a very specific instance. You got something in the, in the tactical world, which most of all of us know is Murphy's Law, which is everything can and will go wrong at the worst possible time. So the point is, in our daily lives as, as school owners, our daily lives as, as parents, as uh, people, nothing ever goes exactly as planned. So the technique is for that exact instance, which rarely ever happens. The concept allows it to be amenable allows everything to be adaptable. So what we're drilling is very specific concepts. And once the person understands, we're teaching the why right. of the jiu-jitsu and practicing over and over, Ali, to complement what you're saying, the why that leverage works. And that's the part that you can teach and do over and over that you're describing, not just the arm bar, but here's the position you do with your leg and knee, and here's the why. Drill that over and over and over. And the why. when they start to see the why, they become more engaged and then they can adjust that leverage or that concept in the moment because they've done it a thousand times and they really understand the meaning behind it. So, yes, Ali, when they drill those fundamental concepts, uh, they can really escalate to the next level over and over and over in, in making that muscle memory. Um, and isn't that... Isn't that when they become more of a martial artist as opposed to, you know, a martial uh, robot, right? Yes, that's a that's a brilliant idea. And, that, and that's what we say. So a technique, uh, the way I like to put it is imitation is the lowest form of learning. Innovation is the highest form of learning. So a technique is an imitation. A concept is an innovation. It allows for innovation. So if I show you this concept, why are we raising our leg like that and then moving the knee on the ball? Okay. So then I may say, now I've shown you that concept. I can show you a technique, but when something pops up or doesn't go as planned or pops up that you've never been taught, you don't know what to do. So it's like the Prussians in battle. The Prussians in battle just followed instructions. Then you have somebody like Napoleon that gave their men the end objective and then Knowing the end objective, he said, here's the tools, find your way to make that happen. And they're able to beat a, an army that could only follow instructions. Well, jujitsu, coming back to the point of how this benefits the instructors, jujitsu is taught by imitation. Here's the technique. You do this technique and you're trying to imitate this technique for a situation that never happens. If you teach the concept, here's the leverage, here's why this works. Okay, versus just the how they understand when things shift or change, you're fighting another intelligible opponent. When that shifts and changes, you can shift and change. You may not recognize the technique they're using, but you can recognize the leverages they're using and then throw the counterbalance. And again, that's no respect of rank. So the most uh, the, the, the most junior or beginner uh, individual beginning individual can understand that concept and that works as just as effective on a high rank and vice versa. So the way we're teaching that allows the team to do it is we're teaching more of the why 
not just the how, and, and we're drilling that why into their body along with the conceptual understanding, and it makes you an innovative um, uh, practitioner versus an imitative practitioner. Did you want to, uh, I don't know if this is the appropriate time, did you want to demonstrate uh, what, we're, what, what we're talking about? Because um, you said something about demonstrating it, and if so, I, and I should have said this in the beginning, um, you know, look, if you guys are listening to this via uh, our podcast and you can't see everything that's happening because the, the podcast is not a video podcast, it's an audio, just go to um, uh, our private, well, go to schoolintertalk.com and then in the menu bar, you can click and, and request to become a private member of our Facebook page. And then you can go to this post, you can actually, uh, you know, see this whole video. But uh, anyways, I, I, I wanted to, you know, throw that out there. And by the way, I'm going to post uh, your video with your permission on our blog too, you know, uh, on schoolandtalk.com so they can see that if, that if you're okay with that. Sure. I don't mind uh, making a, a fool of myself on the internet where it never disappears. So yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Okay. Hey, Ken, uh, uh, you want to demonstrate what you're talking about? One second, Dwayne, if we can, can I just ask one more question? So Dwayne and I use this one, these two statements regularly. Um, you, you don't know what you don't know. That's basically a military statement as well. What you're describing, you have to teach it in order to know it, right? And then practice it in order to be good at it. Sure. And the, the other saying that you mentioned too, I remember from training with a few uh, army rangers and they said, slow is smooth, smooth is fast, right? So I think that too many of our students want to, and even instructors want them to move at such a fast rate, and they don't take the time to actually get the techniques good. So there's constantly fatal flaws in their move. And that's what jujitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or jujitsu is like a chess game, right? We're looking for the holes and the openings. Someone makes a move, they go to shoot in for an arm bar, but we're on top of it. We know how to do it. So what, what's your thought on, on some of that stuff? Like where, you know, where we're drilling continuously learning, like you find that certain mistakes are being made, you know, in general in jujitsu, or do you find that, uh, just in training, flaws in the training? Definitely. I think the, the flaws in the training are because the, 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 the teammates or the students don't understand the why. They're getting taught the what, but not the why. So right. I, I'm, I'm doing this technique. I don't know why I'm doing this technique. And right. that's where the, the flaws occur. When they understand the why or the concept, the leverage, the, 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 the actual physics, okay? If you say we're going to, Break down the physics, the students will get bored. But if you say, here's the concept, here's the why, here's the mindset, the reason why you're doing that, a lot of those holes disappear. I think what we do is underestimate the intelligence of our uh, teammates or students and just show them the what. But you, you, the jiu-jitsu came about, all the martial arts came about, essentially fighting is problem solving. So if right. I just give you the what, when there's a problem you haven't dealt with, you can't deal with it. If I give you the why and say, here are the tools, the leverages, the body mechanics, the mindset, then you understand you can adjust and, uh, like I said, make it amenable to, to the relevant is the key word to the circumstance. So that's where, really where the holes are at. And, and you brought up another great point, Ali and Dwayne, I haven't forgot that you want to see some of the techniques or Dwayne, I haven't forgot that you want to see some of the techniques um, the concepts in motion. Um, Dwayne, uh, Ali, you pointed out uh, too much speed. So smooth is fast and fast is smooth. I believe it was Danny Inasano and he, he said something, paraphrasing, that he said something like this, uh, Bruce Lee's prodigy. He said, don't use speed to cover up incompetency. 
Because a lot of times that's what we do. So I'll move really fast and then I'll cover up what I don't understand because I felt like I, I impressed myself with my speed. So, and I do slow them down. Hey, slow down. And that's why we said earlier, only go as fast as you can do it correctly. And that's kind of how we compensate by not uh, letting them use speed to cover up those holes. That's awesome. Very cool. A lot of, a lot of great info. So I'm going to, I don't want to interrupt you more. If you want to show some more of the stuff and then we could, we check that out and then we could always get back when we we're, we, if we have any more time. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Um, Dwayne. And I think uh, also uh, let me, let me do this first, but I'd like to preface that because some of this, uh, this conversation we're having here plays into the reopening and the different phases, what you're able to do in the different phases of the reopening, because you're able to do these, these drills solo. So that might be a part of the conversation, Dwayne, that, that you'd be interested in having. And uh, also you, Ali. Yeah. I'll uh, grab this here. I got to make sure that you guys can see me. The screen's going to be kind of small for me because I have to use my phone. Okay. And again, I just want to remind everybody that uh, <clears throat> if you want to actually see the video of what's happening, uh, you know, go to schoolownertalk.com and uh, become a private member of, uh, of, of our, um, uh, our podcast. So let me just, I'm going to put you on solo so that they can just see you, uh, uh, Kenny, and then you can take it away. Okay, are you all able to see me well here? Yep, yes sir. Okay, so uh, if I had a, a live person, you could really see conceptually um, more what I'm teaching. So there's a pass that's an under overpass where I grab the pants legs and go underneath. I pummel his hand and grab the pants legs. And if his head was here and his feet were here, I'd move to the side. So the way that you run that drill um, so you have them here in their squatted stance. You, you, you have this head in the air. You post a hand on the mat. Or if they're youth and don't understand, you have them post, post both hands. And you simply run to the side, okay? And then come back, reset. You do that five times on that side. Now, you do order of operations. What would you do? You do one hand first. The other hand pummels. You run to the side and reset. One, two. Super simple, okay? Three, four. That may be the beginning, okay? Say you have the ball, all right? <clears throat> now, okay, this can represent, I put my hand on the mat, okay? I'm, I'm pummeling here, I move to the side, and my end game is to arrive at side control. So now I can come in and I can grab the ball and my toes are alive on the mat so I have motion. There's different types of side control there, and I reset. So I come here, I move, I pass the side control, I reset, okay? So that's a simple pass. Another, which is a transition. The whole game of jujitsu does not occur without the order of operations of transitions to positions. So what we can focus on is transitions. Again, what are the transitions? Okay, takedowns, sweeps, passes, and escapes, all right? So let's show uh, another variation of the pass. So this, I would be pushing the partners. Now, it looks totally the same. I'm going to change a variation. I push, I would be pushing the opponent's leg down. I put my hand on the hip. It's very important that my fingers face to the outside and my elbow points out because I would have my hand on the hip and be pushing his leg so he can't use the leg. Different from the other pass that we did before. Okay, now I'm going to step my left foot out and slide this knee through 
as a knee cutter. Now from here, I, my, my, my hand was on their, their thigh, I slid my leg across, and now I sit all the way through, and my elbow comes down to the mat. This elbow on the mat represents the underhook that you would have on your opponent, okay? And this is now their body. I just simply have a ball. So now from here, I'll reset, and I'll do that. Hand on the mat, hand on the ball, which represents the hip, with the elbow flare, okay? Now I step, I sit through, and then I drop down. From here, okay, you can work on one side, you do that. Bang, bang, sit, bang, okay? One more time. Order of operations. You push the leg down, one, two, hand position, sit through. Now from here, I'll switch to side control. I'm transitioning from scissor side control here. Now I'm hugging the ball, toes alive on the mat. So you'll have them do that five times. Then you also have them work ambidextrously on the other side. 30 minutes goes so fast if you're doing a 30-minute Zoom class here. So now I do the same thing on the other side. Order of operations. One, two, step, sit through. Then eventually I come here. So you break it down. You start off with the pass five times, five times, then five times switch to side control. Five times switch to side control. What do you do from there? From here, one, two, sit through. Okay? Boom, I come here. Next, I can look. Pop up, high five the mat, knee to belly, and my hand position. This hand would be on the hip, this hand would be on the head. Okay? Then you have a reset. One, two, three, sit through. This represents the underhook. They can visualize what they're doing. Come to side control. Hugging the head under the armpit, toes alive on the mat. High five the mat, pop up to the belly. You do that several times. Bang, 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 bang. Now you can move through to another transition, okay? So from here, push your hand down, bang, bang. This is one side. We do this ambidextrously and have them repeat each one of these phases, okay? Bang, knee to belly. Next, I high-five with the mat again, and we windshield wiper. So what does windshield wipering allow us to do? Do you make your leg move like a windshield wiper? Why are we doing this? We talked about teaching the why. Why are we doing this? The windshield wiper, in effect, conceptually, okay, allows us to keep pressure and move to another or transition to another position, okay? So I could raise my leg like this, Okay, but from the top, I want to keep pressure. From the bottom, the opponent wants space. So if I raise my leg, I give space, the opponent can counter. So now we're into teaching the why. So I keep the knee on the ball. I windshield wiper to keep pressure while I transition and then move to the mount. So now I'm starting to put that together. Okay, pose a hand on the mat. Okay, palm away because that gives me a lever into the hip. Okay, and I grab the ball like that. Elbow out, sit through, side control. My hand transitions to the mat because I have an underhook, okay? Next, I move to another side control. I five the mat, knee to belly, hands in the proper position. This one on the hip so the opponent can't turn into me. This one on the shoulder so they can't turn away from me, the Y, okay? Now I high five the mat, I windshield wiper, and then slide to the mouth. Again, I windshield wiper to keep pressure while I advance my transitional game to get a better position, which would lead to submission. Let's look to that all together, okay? One, two, three, four, five, six. Again, team, let's go. Here, one, two, three, four, 
five, high five, the mat windshield wiper, okay? Next, you would do that on the other side. So now let me break something down, okay? That's one pass. Now we're gonna do a very similar concept very quickly. We're gonna do what's called an X pass. So, looks very similar. Now I'm gonna high five, grab, I touch the ball. I raise my leg and I go around. My opponent in this instance would be sitting at me like this in a butterfly control, okay? Maybe sitting this way, okay? So, if I walk forward, their legs would entangle me. So I have to hand fight. So I would grab their collar, I grab their leg, and I'm gonna kick my leg as I push their legs by. Okay? How do you do that with the ball? Okay? One, two, hand on the mat, kick the leg up, and you're passing the legs, come to knee the belly. This is called an X pass. Okay, you see the Y. One, two, bang, bang. Good. One, two, bang, bang. X passing. One, two, and the drills become, then you add, that they become so uh, instinctive, okay, that it's, that it's effortless. Now from here, you can add the other attributes that we did with the last pass, okay? So watch now. Hey, Kenny. Bang, bang. Kenny, down. can you hear me? Again, two, scissor side control. Or- He's in, He's in full action right now. Ken, Ken. Okay, and then take them out with the windshield wiper. Now let's look at another way to take them out very quickly. Different lesson, okay? One, two, okay? I'll use one of the other passes. Bang, I come here. I just muted him. I, I feel bad, but uh, we're not going to be able to, to, to see what's going on. So. Yeah, he froze. He froze on my end as well. Yeah. So, so um, uh, Kenny, if you're able to, to, to hear us at least, I uh, just want to let you know that uh, your, your screen has frozen. We still had audio, but uh, unfortunately, we're not able to see, uh, to see you anymore. Um, but we'll, uh, if you want to log off and log back on and, and uh, see if we can catch you, I know that we're going to need to wrap things up here real quick anyways. But uh, Allie, did you have anything else that you wanted to add? Well, I, I, first I want to comment and compliment Kenny. Um, it, you know, he's just, you know, obviously we haven't really you know, dug into his career, um, but I don't know the exact specifics, but Kenny is like one of a small amount of uh, African-American or black Navy SEALs. Uh, 32nd. He's the 32nd African-American Navy SEAL. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it's former SEAL, not ex-SEAL. I think the former SEALs are people that um, that have still, you know, still are considered SEALs. Ex-SEALs are people that, I don't know, however, but there's a different determination. Um, you know, so, yeah, you get kicked out. I don't know if that's how it, they determine it. Kenny would be better at helping us in that area. But, um, yeah, he, he, you know, Kenny also, I mean, he's got a wild career, too, like, you know, he was a hip hop dancer. He used to do it to perform on the streets to make a living. I mean, he's he's just so talented and so well spoken. Um, and and I could see why he's a huge success in what he does. Um, and uh, I love how he's really breaking down the movements. Right. So so interesting to see how um, how yeah how he actually is able to show the jujitsu community, the BJJ community, that this is totally doable. And I'm hoping that this will also work into, you know, the boxing, MMA, kickboxing schools, that they understand that they, they didn't need to 
shut down, so to speak, you know, to stop teaching. They could still deliver this message and still deliver their lessons to their community, um, you know, without, uh, without, you know, missing a beat. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I just, I think it's inspiring. Um, you know, what I picked up from it, obviously for me is it looks like he's trying to get back in. Here we go. Let me get him in. Um, looks like, you know, what I picked up for me is I need to be spotlighting, um, you know, my students and what I kind of picked up uh, from, from that, you know, among other things. But hey, Kenny, welcome back. Hey, how long ago did I lose you all? We, right uh, after we, you said, hey, let me, let me demonstrate, let me, dem- you, we lost you right after you said, let me demonstrate a move. And then that was it. No, just kidding. You did, ah. everything, you did everything up to like the last maybe minute and a half we missed. That's all. It's froze when you were sitting. Um, and, and, you know, talking about that uh, X transition from the, like a, what we call a, a sweeping, you know, a sweep a technique. Okay. Would, I, I'm being cognizant of the time. Would you all like a few warm up drills that you can do on a regular basis, very quick and sweet to, yeah, to show how you can do that? Yeah. Do it. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So for instance, we can okay. see. Us. Okay. So for instance, now, uh, typically in the academy, um, you have room to actually take a, a shot to warm up and then sprint up and down the academy. In this instance, you don't. Maybe they're in a living room, etc. That doesn't mean you can't practice your shot, you can't practice your drive, etc. in concept. So what can you do? Always in a ready position, the, the leading hand protecting the leading legs for shots. This is your jab hand. It's stand up, your jab hand has the lead hand. When you're here, okay, and, and grappling, if I do that, that lead leg is exposed. So always keeping them conceptually and fundamentally sound. The rear hand is the jab hand so I can protect the lead leg. So they're in their stance, we'll do, and they stay low to build the, the leg strength, to build their conditioning. Now you replace running down the mat with chops. So instead of, uh, Shot and then sprint. We do chops and shots. Chop, shot. Keep the elbows in. Come back up in your stance. You're here. Chops, shots. Okay? End up in your stance. Then you can do chops and sprawls. Chop, sprawl. Okay? One more time. Chops, sprawls. Okay? Then you can combine it. Chop, sprawl, shot. Chop, sprawl, shot. End up in your stance. Okay, then you can play a look, listen, learn game. Chop, shot, sprawl. Chop, sprawl, shot. Okay, and you can do those for warm-ups. Five of each uh, iteration. For instance, chop and sprawl five times. Chop and shot five times. Chop, sprawl, shot. This can be just a part of your warm-up. All of these attributes and things, just here. (laughs) One last thing I'll show you. Now, a lot of times, you get to side control. the, The opponent turns to you coming up on a single leg, okay? And you move to their back. I can step, put this knee down, switching my base, and step back. And I would be attacking my opponent's back here, okay? So that in itself is a drill. Step, switching the base, okay? That's a drill by itself. Don't move your feet, switch your base. Switch your base, you can do it with no hands. Now, long stepping, long step, come back up. Long step, then you can put it together. Step, switch your base, long step. Step, switch your base, long step. Bang, bang, bang. Now, how does that apply? You come here, you do one of the passes we covered today. Step, okay, X pass, knee on belly, okay? The guy goes to turn, step, step, step. 
I can switch to the other side. You can go on and on and on. Mm -hmm. So conceptually, these are a few things that you can do to hide in your game, teach the team the why, get them in good shape, keep them in good shape. They will come back with the leading edge, beginning with the order of operations of transition, allowing all the positions, thus allowing the, the, the submission when they come back to class. Excellent. Well, Kenny, I thank you very much much uh i know this is going to sound abrupt but uh i'm on a on a time crunch and i'm gonna have to to end this but real quickly ali any, any final uh thing can i gotta go uh, ken you might want to listen back because i i talked about you and how talented you are and how awesome you are when you got cut out so i, I just wanted to point out to people a little bit about your career in the seals and you being one of the few african-american black navy seals and What's the difference between a former SEAL and an ex-SEAL? Like, what's that? What are the terminologies vastly different, right? Like, what, what's the difference? Uh, that's a great question. An ex-SEAL is like uh, something went wrong in your career, right? Okay. Former SEAL is like, man, you had an honorable discharge. That's, you know, that's, that used to be my career. Ex-SEAL is like an ex-girlfriend, like, yeah, ah, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So cool. But, dude, you're awesome. The one thing that I love is the the – more intense you get, the more your Brazilian accent comes out. Ah! <laughs> and um, it's so funny. Like, you know, that's who we are, right? Dude, you train so much with the Brazilians. And that, that's what I used to teach. You know this. Like, I had a Spanish teacher. I would break yeah. into a Spanish accent. I'm like a white guy from Long Island with the Spanish <laughs> accent. I'd hear, I'd hear myself and go, like, what the heck? You know, like, why am I speaking that way? But that's how my teacher spoke. So it's so cool. When you start going, I hear little inflections of the Brazilian accent in the in your teaching so you're awesome dude I, I really appreciate it we we I know Dwayne and I appreciate having you on here and I'm hoping that you uh, your video and your information right now will help people in the BJJ community in the Muay community in the MMA community to realize that you know they shouldn't have shut down they shouldn't have missed a beat they shouldn't have stopped teaching you, you know as a martial artist I'll just leave everybody with this thought that I'll, you know that we are supposed to adapt as martial artists. We're supposed to find a way to make it happen. I'm astounded by how many martial artists threw their hands up and just gave up. And to me, that's not the martial arts. Would you do that in a fight? Would you do that in a, you know, I don't understand why they just said, okay, I concede. I, I can't do this. And they gave up and you didn't. And, and I appreciate you for that. And it's amazing. Awesome. Yeah, Thank I, you I, much. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I've got, I've got to go. Uh, so okay, I have to end this. Yeah, I apologize. It's just like I said. Uh, I, I told you guys that my my son is doing his virtual uh, graduation, so I got to get going. All right, you guys, awesome, Kenny. We'll talk to you soon, everybody. See you soon. <laughs> All right, I appreciate to have an opportunity to uh, speak with you and the rest of the teams out there. Thank you much. Take care. <laughs>